0: Welcome to Paperback Readers. I'm Joe, and that's Julie, and we have got a special guest for you, a guy who we've talked about, and now we're going to talk with on here, the one and only Chad Gibbs, the, the man who's written about football, faith, and now mysteries. So he's a man who has worn many hats and will help to talk about a few of those today. Glad to have you with us, Chad.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. You bet. Well, We'll talk about our experiences with your Canon first, but since it is fundamentally a, a podcast about reading, I want to ask you about reading. Are you a, a hardcore, you know, hard copy book guy? Do you do e-readers? Do you do audio books? How do you read and what do you read?
1: Okay. Um, so, you know, I wasn't, it's, it's it's sad to admit this. I wasn't much of a reader until after college. Uh, uh, after Right about the time I graduated, I, uh, my girlfriend at the time who's now my wife gave me the first Harry Potter book and to kill a mockingbird. And I tore through both of those. And since then it's, yeah, you know, not, not quite a book a week, but about 40 a year, I guess, for, you know, the last 15 years. And I read, I would say I have a Kindle, but I probably read 35, you know, physical books to five eBooks a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Mostly paperbacks, I've got a few authors that, you know, their new book, I'm getting it, whether, you know, the day it comes out, whatever it's in. So those are the hard copies, like hardbacks I get. And um, I read pretty wide. Um, I'd say it's 20 if, if it's 40 books a year, probably 22, 23 or fiction, the rest are nonfiction. And uh, so, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of everything.
0: What's the last thing that just uh, blew your mind that you read? The last really epic, great book that you read?
1: So I finished a book called uh, Demon Copperhead. Uh, yes. Just, uh, you know, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago and and loved it. And mm-hmm. uh, I see Julie. Julie, have you read?
2: <laughs> yeah, we loved that book. I read it first and then I couldn't put it down. And then Joe got it after that. So,
1: yeah. Um, and, and my wife read it too uh she struggled with it more she's a she's a pediatrician and you know she uh mm-hmm. the, the first half of the book you know it's just it's rough and she's like i'm mm-hmm. just seeing my patience and this is hard this is this is what i do all day i don't want to come home and you know read it for leisure as well but you know she loved it too like it's just it's it's fantastic and uh so that's uh that's probably the book the best book i've read this year i also read a book uh and Tricia gave this one to me, the, uh, the Island, the Island of Missing Trees. Hmm. It's, um, it's, uh, it's set in London or set in England, but it's about, uh, some, I don't know what the, the people are from Cyprus. I don't know what you call people from Cyprus. <laughs> so I'm just going to make up a word, but that's not probably right. Uh, so it's uh, refugees from Cyprus and Cyprus and in, in England and uh, sort of the story of how they got there and back and forth. It's in, part of the book is told from the perspective of ter- of a tree. Uh, it's just you know unlike anything I'd ever read. So it, I thought it was uh, really good. So those are those are probably the top two this year so far.
2: It sounds awesome. I wrote that second one down because we have not read it yet. So
1: oh yeah, it, it's it's good stuff. So
2: um. We let's talk about your books a little bit. We um got into your books through your nonfiction. So Jesus Without Borders, God in Football, Love Thy Rival. We loved every single one of those. They were um, two of them, I remember. I started. Joe bought them, and then I started them before he did. And I liked them so much, I wouldn't give them back to him. I just read them out <laughs> loud to him, so he had to he had to hear them that way. And Jesus Without Borders keeps disappearing off our shelf because our high school daughter keeps stealing it and rereading oh, cool. <laughs> it. So, um, how what made you want to write about these very different topics? What got you into writing nonfiction?
1: Um, okay, so I started writing pretty soon after i started reading heavily and this is I, I just graduated from auburn i had a job at auburn in the fundraising department and, and it was one of those jobs where i had a lot more time in the day than actual work to do so i would i would write these like fake newspaper columns about my roommates and like pin them to the fridge when, when they get home just goofy stuff and uh there was a christian author uh named donald miller i don't know if you guys read like like jazz or so he had started this, I guess it was, I guess a zine is what they were called, online magazines, <laughs> uh, uh, called the Burnside Writers Collective. And I, I wrote a couple pieces for it. And uh, Jordan Green, the guy that was running it, was like, hey, man, uh, I was showing Don some of your stuff. He thinks you should write a book. And, you know, someone like that tells you to write a book, you write a book. And I tried to write, you know, it was sort of a blue like jazz wannabe, that I wrote and it was just essays and stories from growing up. And, uh, I finished it and Jordan was like, Hey, I'll be your agent. And I was like, okay. And you know, he didn't know anything about being an agent, but I didn't know anything about being a writer. So it kind of (laughs) worked. His his idea of being an agent was just pestering the people he knew in the industry that he knew through Don and uh, but somehow this book got sort of backdoored into an editor's office at Zondervan, who really liked it. Uh, the problem was no one else at Zondervan liked it, um, and and it was the problem we ran into with with humor. Like you know, like what one person thinks is funny and the next person thinks is mildly offensive is it's a blurry line. But at a Christian publishing house, it's very blurry, and it's like. Instead of funny and offensive, it's funny and blasphemous. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So, Andy, the editor there, fought for, gosh, it was probably three years to try to get this book uh, picked up. And, uh, but he finally did. And we were sort of working towards getting it published. And then he left. And I got a new editor who wasn't as hot on this book. And um, trying to remember, it's been so long because this is, you know, 2008, nine. I think what it was is, I, w- I was looking for like the next book, so I had this idea of like, ooh, I could do like a travel log. I could go around the SEC and write about, you know, the two things that Southerners most passionate about. And what it was, yeah, the, the VP of trade back trade paperbacks at Zonderman at the time was, I knew he was a Tennessee grad. I'd learned that through Andy, so I had reached out to him, sort of just, you know. I found his email address and sent him an email. It's like, hey, uh, tell me about Knoxville in case I write this book. And SEC fans love talking about their town. So I knew that would be in. <laughs> uh so anyway, when the new editor kind of took me up, took my books on, she was like, Hey, um, and I can't remember this DP's name, but he was like, He he wants to know about your other book idea, the football one. <laughs> so suddenly that became the book that was actually gonna go and get published. So I had to I had to write it. So I got uh Everything sort of got switched over and I started making these trips and uh, that was a very fast book because, um, you know, I made the trips one fall and the book came out like that next August in time for the next football season, because a lot of times books, it's a slower process than that. But uh, so, yeah, that was that was sort of how God football, everything about it was just sort of stumbled into and bumbling and dumb luck and. That's how I got my agent. I didn't have an agent at the time. Um, Once Zonderman gave me a book deal or that I knew they were, the editor was like, you're going to want an agent to go through. all." The-
2: <laughs>
1: getting an agent is hard, but when you already have a book deal, it's very easy because you just <laughs> call agents like, Hey, someone's about to write me a check. Would you like a portion of it?
2: And they don't have to do any work then. Yeah. yeah. And
1: they're like, yes, <laughs> I'll take 15%. Sure. Um <laughs> So, yeah, that was uh, that's sort of the roundabout story of how God and football came to be.
0: So you do God and football and then Love Thy Rival kind of follows logically off of that because it's ostensibly a sports book about all of these great sports rivalries. Uh, But then Jesus Without Borders uh, really kind of threw me to steal back into the sports metaphor of curveball. But it's such a delightful book. I mean, aside Mm -hmm. from our daughter loving it, I know at least once I busted it out in a Sunday school class. I had a lesson and there was some concept in there that was like, this is how I wanted to share this. I thought you made some really incredible points um, regarding how our culture and obviously thus various other cultures impact our faith. And I think the point that I wanted to make that you made so well was just that you got something deep and spiritual in places where worship was forbidden or at least very deeply looked askance on that maybe we don't get in a comfortable Southern predominantly Christian America. And and you you just, you brought that to life really well. And, and, you know, you got some really funny stuff in there too, but, but some really poignant spiritual stuff and a trip that, that took you almost literally around the world. So, so talk about that a little bit if you could.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird that I, I love travel so much because I did not travel much until maybe I was 30, 31, uh, I'd never really left the South, uh, but, um, sort of got bit by that bug and I love travel books. I love travel narratives. Like I eat those up and I I couldn't find, and that's sort of, you know, that's the advice you get is like, Hey, write the book you want to read, which if you're kind of, you know, off the wall, maybe that's not the best advice. because One person wants to read, but, uh, I wanted I wanted sort of like a Bill Bryson style travel book, but from a Christian perspective. And um, I think I said in the the, the epilogue or the the prologue that uh, apart from children who travel to heaven and back, there's not a lot of these on the Christian in the Christian <laughs> at the time. That was the big thing. It was it was like four of them of kids that had been to heaven. Um, so. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, it was just sort of a, you know, part of it is just sort of a. Hey, I want to travel a lot. I can do it under the guise of writing a book, but uh, I, I did. It's uh, it was eye opening. Lots of places were eye opening, and it's uh, and, and even that book's been. It's nearly ten years. Some of the trips are over ten years ago, so it's uh, it's not as fresh in my mind. But it's uh, it was. Particularly if you've only, which I had, only experienced Bible belt Christianity, which is um, you know, pretty easy. Uh if we're being honest. It's uh it's 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 easier almost than not being a Christian down here. It's it's less socially awkward and everything else. Uh so yeah, it's uh it was uh it was eye-opening and it was uh it, it changed the way I thought about a lot of things. And uh it's still, you know, it, it, I'm some, some, like Facebook friends with people now from all over the world. So it's, 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 it's always there. Like it's constantly um, being reminded of places I were, people I met and still, still keep in touch with. So it's, uh, I like to think that it's still sort of, you know, making me a better person, those trips and, and, and making me a, you know, giving me sort of a deeper, deeper faith. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's that book. It's, uh, that's not, uh, You two like it apparently, but that's not that book did not sell nearly as well as God and Football. Uh, I've I've learned that Southerners like football a lot more than foreigners, (laughs) 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 at least in my experience. About ten to (laughs) one.
2: Well, that was our introduction to your writing, and we did love it, still love it, thought it was fantastic. And then you switched over into fiction, and you wrote these really wonderful um, novels, mostly aimed at young adults. Can you talk to us about your transition into fiction? What made you want to switch?
1: Well, uh, having children sort of forced my hand. Uh, So my wife's a pediatrician, so... You know, her job was going to stay the same. Like we, we weren't relying on me to to pay the mortgage. So like, <laughs> I was getting to do these books and that was it was great and all. But it was uh when the time came and it was like, hey, someone's gotta take care of the kids, that was pretty obviously gonna be me. Um so we had Linus in 2013 and I'm home with him and so the you know, my, my wings have sort of then clipped as far as writing travel books and but I still wanted to write. I'd always wanted to write fiction. I remember, um, I remember talking to the editor, my, Andy, my first editor is on around about it, you know, back 2007, 2008. So I had ideas percolating and, uh, I have, we have, we have a son and I've got time to write. So that's what I started working on. I, I, I think the first draft of the first chapter of two, like me and you is, I think it's 2013, uh, and that book didn't come out for another six years. But um, and that's that's pretty much, yeah, That it was sort of I had to start writing fiction if I wanted to keep writing. The, the, non-fiction, <laughs> the nonfiction travel books were, they'd, they'd come to an end.
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to ask, I mean, I, I was curious about the, the transition, but the thing that would be, to me, I think the hardest part of the transition, in which I'm fascinated by how deftly you handled this, uh, I, I haven't read uh, Too Like Me and You. I did read Roma Fall, and then I just started the uh, Elton and Izzy series. But but, how do you get inside the head of a narrator who is a generation younger than you and make that convincing and realistic? I mean, what, what's what's the trick? You, you just sit around and think of what do... You know, teenagers think about a lot. I mean, how how does that work, Jed?
1: I think I'm just very immature, so I, I have to <laughs> try very hard. Uh, you know, I was talking to uh, to Trisha about that because I, I think whatever once the Izzy and Elton series is done, I think I want to try to write adult fiction. But I've always sort of liked young adult fiction, just just because those teenagers are so insane. Like, you know, like when you like almost have a car wreck these days. And like, you can just feel like in such a, like you're just, you can't breathe and your heart's just racing. It's like, you know, that's like six times a day when you're a teenager. And it could just be because (laughs) someone doesn't say hey to you in the hall. Like it just sets you off on these huge emotions. Uh, So that's one reason I like riding uh, teen. And, and, um, but I, I don't know why, I honestly don't know why that's just, the story ideas I had were just young adult stories, so that's that's kind of where it started. But um, some of the ideas I have for new books m- would work better for maybe adult novels, so maybe I'm heading that way next. But uh.
2: Well, we found your young adult work really, really fun. And then Joe has been, I haven't gotten to the mystery series yet. I've read The Roma of Fallen and Two Like Me and You. Mystery series is up next for me. But he has just been so into this. Can you tell us, how do you... Um, how do you come up with these mystery ideas and how do you create those characters? The main characters, Joe, you can throw in on this. They've been two of your favorites. You've been so impressed by them.
0: Yeah. You're you're detectives and they're not really detectives here. They're kids, but, but your pseudo detectives are key with a mystery. So yeah, I'm curious, you know, how, how you settled on, on Izzy and Elton.
1: Oh gosh. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Elton is, I have a, uh, my, uh, my sister's oldest son, who's, who's, uh, 19. He's, uh, he was diagnosed with, it's, it's, he's on the autism spectrum. I think when he was diagnosed, Asperger's was still, uh, the, what, what it was termed. But, uh, so Elton is got a lot of his mannerisms, his, uh, his speaking cadence is a lot like my, my nephews. He's, he's not necessarily based on him, but loosely, uh, but of course Elton is, you know, uh, six foot eight, African-American. My nephew is five foot four and has, you know, sort of rock star from the eighties hair, So (laughs) different different people. But um, I just thought he would make an interesting sidekick for a, I like that Izzy is um, sort of contradiction. She's, I don't know how to describe her. She's, she's very confident. And then very not confident at the same time. She's just everything about her is sort of she goes one way and then she comes back. I, I don't know. She's uh she's brash. And uh I just needed someone, sort of a, a bull in a china shop sort of character to go along with Elton, who's a strict rule follower. Uh doesn't want to do anything that's not, you know, on the up and up. And I thought they'd make a fun pair to uh to solve murders with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And one thing I am curious about, I mean, you talked about some of the contradictions, Ian. Izzy, one of the, the minor points in Bardo by the Sea, which was the one I read, it's the first of the series. Uh, she kind of subtly gets a pill addiction in the middle of this. And, and the, the question from me is going to be how do you do the calculus of how deep into mature content you want to go in these novels? I mean, I, I've felt that you neither shy away from the reality these kids live in, but at the same time, you know, your 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 novels aren't NC17 or anything. So yeah. how, how do you figure on that?
1: Uh it, yeah, it's oh, it's a good question. And sorry for the dead air in your podcast as I just stopped talking. Um you know I don't know. I I do have, you know, my my editor Becky Philpot is a big help. And uh Trish my my wife Trisha gets first read. So if anything was she's like, "No, you're not putting this in a book." Uh <laughs> that hasn't happened. It's uh I feel like I've walked the line pretty well as as far as what and I read I do read young adult novels. So I know what's out there and what's sort of considered, Hey, this is fair ground for a 16 17 year old to read and mm-hmm. um I don't think I've pushed any boundaries as far as that's concerned. Um, And Izzy's, you know, Izzy's opioid struggles, that's, part of that was the, the, the setting of the novel. When I wanted to set it, uh, it's set 2008. This whole series will be set 2008 through 2011. And uh, that's a big, uh, a lot of what was going on, particularly in Florida with the pain clinics and everything. Um, Um. that was just sort of part of the setting, but also I wanted to be part of her character. I liked uh, the idea of her having this sort of struggle personally while also there'll be the murders and everything. Um so yeah, um I think reading in this genre and, and knowing like what's out there is part of like how I know where the boundaries are and what people are writing about, what what people are reading. Um so I guess if that makes sense, that's that's a decent answer.
0: Yeah, sure.
2: Which one of your books has been your favorite? Just the most fun to write.
1: I think two like me and you still is my favorite. Uh, the first one. Uh, and it was such a weird, it was two ideas I had for books mashed together into one book. that's why I probably why it took so long to write. And it was my first <laughs> novel, which also made it take a longer, um, uh, <laughs> back when American Idol first came out, uh, Trish and I used to watch this, you know, the first two or three seasons. And there was this contestant on there. I don't remember her name or anything about her, but she used to wear a flower in her. I think she was from Hawaii. She wore like a flower (laughs) for her boyfriend back home. That's what she told Ron Seacrest. And then like seven or eight episodes in, there's no flower. And she's like, yeah, we broke up or something like that. (laughs) And I just couldn't help thinking about like the guy back in his high school. Like he's got now this like, famous girlfriend who everyone in the country knows she dumped him (laughs) but like he can't even like probably call her or there's no (laughs) way to like it's always like there's this chasm between them now and I was like that has to be horrible for this guy so I like the idea of like a normal high school couple breakup except one of them all of a sudden is really famous and um, then I had the idea of like kids taking a world war ii veteran to france to try to find someone he had you know fallen in love with during the war and lost touch with and then i was like maybe i could just mash these together and uh (laughs) so it took a while but uh it ended up making a I, i think a, you know a unique a unique and interesting story
2: it really was it was a lot of fun to read um and the characters were just really really fun always kept you guessing the whole way through
1: Yeah, those are fun characters. I miss them. Uh, So I get asked by people that read that if there's a sequel to that one. And I don't
0: know if there
1: is, but um, maybe one day.
2: (laughs) Keep my eyes open for that.
0: Yeah, you, you anticipate something that I wanted to ask about. So I read Bardo by the Sea. That's the first book of Izzy and Elton. I have not yet read Graves Upon Bones and Ashes in the Pines, which are two and three in the same series. Are we at the end of them? Is there more of them? A- and either way, what else is coming on the horizon for you, writing wise? Well, it sounds there's, like there's... you backlog away, so you probably are, are well into whatever the next thing.
1: Well, I wish I was. Uh, there's going to be there's going to be four and five of the Izzy and Elton series, and, and the fifth one will wrap up their story as teenagers. Um, and um, so those stories are. I, I've i written the epilogue or the prologue, the first chapter of book four, but the summer was useless. I did nothing this summer. <laughs> <laughs> we had some trips, but it's hard to write, even if we didn't have trips. Home with kids, I don't get much done. Uh, so last week, school started on Tuesday, and I started writing again. And so uh, book four should be out sometime early, hopefully early 2004. More than likely, it'll be spring 2004 and then I'll get book five rolling and and that'll be, that'll be that story. And, you know, I know the epilogue of book five, I know how it ends um, for at least. And then, so, you know, there's a possibility you could go forward and write about them and they're like catch up with modern day. They'd be in their early thirties and that could be like an adult mystery series, but probably not immediately. I've got some other ideas I wanted to, to play around with, but two more books for Izzy and Elton. And then that'll, that story will be done. I think.
2: We are excited for those. We'll be looking for them. Can't wait to read them.
1: Well, I'm fine. Um,
2: (laughs) (laughs) We have really enjoyed this and we appreciate you being willing to come on and talk to us about your books. We've loved everything of yours that we've read. Can you tell people where they can find you if they want to keep following you and then be notified when new books come out?
1: Yeah. Uh, so my website is chadallengibbs.com. Uh, Social media wise, uh, I'm on, I have like a Facebook page. I think it's Chad Allen Gibbs writer and uh, Instagram is just at Chad Gibbs. I deleted my Twitter account last week. Uh, so you cannot find me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can get my books pretty much anywhere. Uh, your your local bookstore may or may not have them. God and football would be the most likely one they would have. Uh, they can always order them or you can, um, get them online, you know, Amazon Barnes and Noble books, a million, all the, all the usual suspects.
0: Yeah. All the e-reader versions are, are on a pretty solid discount. If, if people want a, uh, painless way to dive in, uh, you know, I'm going to go straight into recommending that because uh, some of them are like three and four bucks. It's, it's,
1: uh, yeah. The I price have of uh,
0: a cup of coffee as they used to say. I have,
1: uh, I have sort of, uh, not box sets because there's not a literal box since they're eBooks, but, uh, I have uh, just the last couple of weeks put out, um, we'll call them box sets. Uh, one's <laughs> the Chad Allen Gibbs collection. You get two, like me and you, uh, the Roma Fall, and then Bardo by the Sea, the first in the Izzy and Elton. And then there's another one that has the first three in the Izzy and Elton series. And those are uh, $9.99 each for three books. And a uh, good deal. I suspect they'll be discounted for at some point too, to, you know, just. I, at this point, I just want people to read them. You know, <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a scene in, uh, the movie, the social network where, uh, it's early on when, uh, I think the Winklevoss twins find out that like he's gotten 5,000 people to sign up, uh, for the Facebook. And one of them says, if I was a drug dealer, I couldn't give away drugs to 5,000 people. And that's way I feel sometimes <laughs> I couldn't give away 5,000 of my books. Even if I was just them. Married. Um, but yeah, I'm just I just want people to read them and uh, tell other people about them. So that that's what I'm shooting for.
0: I'll so- well, keep fighting that good fight, Chad Gibbs. Appreciate it. Enjoyed talking with you and uh yeah, encourage everybody, check out the nonfiction, check out the fiction, and and hey, the three for ten, such a deal. What can I say?
1: Hey, right, well, thank you all for having me on. This has been a lot of fun.
2: Uh, thank you so much for being on with us. Thank you all so much for joining us today. If you have ideas for anything that we should read, or you've read anything by Chad Gibbs and you'd like to tell us about it, you can contact us at paperbackreaderspod at gmail.com, on Twitter at pbackreaderspod, or on Instagram at paperbackreaderspod. When we see you in two weeks, we will be talking about the book Somebody's Fool by Richard Russo, the third in the Fool trilogy. Um, And Joe and I have loved, loved this series so much, and this last one may be our favorite yet.
0: Unfortunately, Richard Russo won't be with us unless you know something we don't. But uh, in the meanwhile, enjoy talking with Chad. Can't wait to talk about Russo and whatever else is going on. Make sure you got a book in it. Keep reading. I'll take care of you.